Welcome to the final episode of this summer series featuring Rancho de los Caballeros. If you've been listening to the series, you've heard some familiar names who have made their careers here at the ranch. Caroline, Dick, Dave, and one name in particular that everyone knows, and that is Joe. This tribute to the ranch wouldn't be complete without hearing from Joe Bistado. Joe has enjoyed a career of 40 plus years at the ranch. He started as a bartender and has become a familiar face at the club grill. Even if you don't know his name, I bet he knows yours. Heck, he should have been a regular on Cheers. Let's hear from this farm boy from the Midwest who has made so many friends here at the ranch and why he calls this special place home. Hey, Joe. Where are you from originally? Minnesota. How did you get to the ranch? Minnesota, where I came from originally. Um, uh, I came from the ranch when I answered a, a small ad in the Minneapolis Tribune said, um, bartender needed at Southwest Dude Ranch. One simple sentence, phone number, um, and I called Larry Hyde, who was a new manager at that time, new GM. Um, we talked for a while. He sent, sent a picture, sent me a resume, you know, what you've been doing, bartending, and I did all that, and I was hired. Came and what out. did you think of the desert? I Had you been it. out to the desert nope. before? Never been to the desert before. Uh, actually, I was at the desert. I had friends that went to ASU um, that I came down and visited, but I wasn't here very long. So. And did you do it seasonally? or? I did it seasonally for one year. And then um, came back and took over uh, the bar um, full-time. And then I, the club was open then, too. So I took over the club. So I was here. I was doing the bar and the club at the same time. And I ran them both. And I had a staff that would cover both of them. So okay. they kept me on all year long. What was the golf club like back then? It was small. but It was brand uh, new, right? Mm, yep. Sort of. And it opened in 80, front nine, 81, 82 in the back nine. So, yeah, it was brand new. Had a good group of um, members. I still got a picture of members sitting on the patio, uh, and most of them, of course, were gone, but uh, it was great. It was a really a neat group of people, cool. which it still is. It's still that group, that core that we still have that's just awesome. And we're getting around with new ones now, too, which is it's even better. We've got to get that club moving and going. So what was the saloon like when you arrived in the 80s? It was popular. It was busy. You know, a social thing. Everyone came to the saloon at 5.30, 6 o'clock in their coats and ties, always dressed up, came in, sat down, always a social time. Everyone came to the saloon. And then they would get up and went to dinner. It was very social. It was very, always come in and talk about your day, your riding, whatever they did. And uh, it was really kind of a neat thing. And what um, was the layout like? Um, the pool, the bar actually faced the pool at that time um, with um, patio doors that opened up, all opened up onto the pool deck. And uh, we had a little fireplace there. We had a great little phone booth at the end of the bar. That was a really interesting little thing that um, um, people would go in and change, go swimming in. They'd change into the clothes and come out with their swimsuits on. Very interesting. <laughs> but, and the interesting thing, the, the windows on the phone booth were painted like the kind of the bar area, so you couldn't see in. No, it was it was a little different. <laughs> so we had a phone over here, and then did the saloon have the only TV? At that time, there was no phones. There was no phones or televisions in the rooms, and television wasn't a big thing then. I don't think we even had a television in the bar when I got here. People didn't watch television. Yeah, it wasn't just something to do. We didn't do as much um, back in the '80s. We didn't do as much um, corporate stuff as they do now. I mean, it was definitely not. It was more social. Everything was social. Families and more families and more families. And what so were the was, popular drinks? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Probably margaritas, as always. Um, you're in the Southwest. You drink tequila. You know, the old times though, in the '80s, Manhattan's old fashions, martinis. That's what they drank. Even the ladies liked their martinis. What was the yeah. demographic of the guests? East Coast, probably. 
I think a lot. Midwest, yeah, Midwest. We have a lot of Midwest people. Um, Edie and 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 her family were from Milwaukee, so we had a lot of Milwaukee people. Um, what was Edie like? She was great. She, I mean, she was on top of it. She was tough to work for sometimes. I mean, she was. She knew what you wanted, so you better make sure you did what you wanted. But she was great. I mean, she was so good with the guests. Um, very, very. Uh, always here. Cocktail hour was always here. Always mixing with everybody, making sure things were going right. So you've been at the ranch forty-two years. This is my October. I started my forty-second. So yeah. What keeps you returning? I never left, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What uh, keeps you here? I think, uh, yeah, what keeps me here? It's not really a job for me anymore. You know, it's really not. It's kind of my kind of my spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a social thing for me now. Um, even though, I, you know, I keep busy, but it's kind of a social thing. It's just really kind of neat. And how have you seen it change over those years? Oh, it's changed. I mean, the ranch core, I think, is still the ranch core. That living room is still that living room. And that's, you know, the core of the ranch. You know, that's still original, as far as I know. I don't think much has changed since the 50s, you know. Um, I mean, of course it's changed. I mean, the demographics of people coming in different places are coming. And and it's going to change even more now when we open, you know, 12 months out of the year. That's going to make a big change. Um, um, But again, you come back to the ranch, and I think the ranch is the ranch. I think, you know, the horseback riding, the cookouts... The cowboy singers, you know, the Did hay they wagons. always have music in the saloon? Yeah. Oh, we Did always, they back then, too? Yep. Oh, yeah. We always had music sometime. I mean, not every night, but I mean. Were there any memorable guests you can recall? Bowser from? used to come here. He seems to be the popular celebrity <laughs> sighting. Because his whole family, you know, was here. And he was such a good guy. Um, Did you ever encounter Dan Quayle? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yep. Many times. Was it with the Secret Service around? Well, that's kind of a funny story because when he would, <laughs> the Secret Service is a Secret Service, I want to tell you. And you don't know him until you actually have to deal with him. Because when he came here, the, the quail house is right there where those two tall trees are right there. That was Mrs. Quail's house, grandma, mother's house. And they lit that up like it was the stadium when he was here. They had motorhomes outside with black limousines all around that. And he would come to the club and the, and the Secret Service would come into the kitchen and find out who was cooking his food. I mean, they were down. They were down serious. Down. Um, one day, I was going back in the back of um, South Mesa. Um, I was checking on a house, I think, or something back there, and I had a big old blazer. And I came around a corner, and there was his wife walking the dog. And I scared her, I think, and because you know, what am I doing back there? Who are you, and why are you back here with me? And so um, I said hi. I was going by, so I drove by and didn't do anything. The next day, the Secret Service came up and talked to me. Asked me what I was doing back there. <laughs> he said I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> they knew who it was. <laughs> scared, scared me. I'm like, did they oh. know your name? They knew me exactly where I was, what I did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that secret service interesting. He would play golf, and there would be a black suburban on the road, and two carts in front of him, two carts behind him when he golf. They just follow him around the whole place. The, the carts, they had the cart, okay, but they're on always the on path. the yeah on the cart path. But there was always suburbans, black suburbans going up and down Vulture Mine Road. He was a neat guy, though. He is a neat guy. But that was yeah, it was always fun when the when the Secret Service showed up. It wasn't really Dan or Marilyn. It was the Secret Service that made everything so crazy. <laughs> what were the holidays like? We always have the traditional family that jumps in the pool at New Year's Eve, and they still do it. Fully clothed. Yep. <laughs> at the end of the night and then they go home but you know it's yeah. kind of a fun thing they do and all and a few more people are doing it than they used to but um, I, I had not sure if they did it th- yeah I think they did it this year too yep so are there any memorable co-workers 
Oh, there's so many coworkers. So many people. Is Justin, it hard to see so many people come and go? Well, as far as coworkers go? In the seasonal business? Yeah. You have to expect that. You know, you get some people that stay. You know, I've had some good bartenders. Justin was an excellent bartender. Donnell was a great bartender. She was my assistant. Yvette now is with me. I mean, those kind of people that just stick with you for a while. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. move on, too, because, you know. But Joe doesn't. Joe doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why. Joe people is keep constant. asking me, how come you're here? It's 42 years. Are you going to retire? No, I don't know. I mean, I could retire, but do I want to? No. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. What's your favorite thing about the ranch? Well, probably the, my favorite thing is the guest and the membership. I mean, that's just, that's what makes it. Huh? That's what makes it. Some of the fans have been coming here for 40, 50 years, as long as I've been coming here. So, you know, it's that's what makes the whole thing. And that's kind of a neat thing about um, the ranch. When people say the ranch, they you don't know, see Los Caballeros, you see the ranch. And they go, oh, I know what that is. You know, it's kind of a neat thing. So, How has Wickenburg changed? Um, it's gotten busier. But, you know, it's still. What was it like when you got here in the 80s? Much quieter. You know, we didn't have the roping and all that kind of stuff. But when I think about Wickenburg then, it was a small town, which is still a small town. It's just gotten busier by far. We're getting a lot more people. I think, you know, but I like Wickenburg. I've always enjoyed it. Museums and all the other kind of things that we have there, we're lucky to have. And it's basically because the people are here that that we have those options. How has the ranch changed you? Um, That's a good question. I think it's brought me more open and more, um, well, I don't know about that. I think it's just, <laughs> I think I was pretty open back then, too. <laughs> I mean, my whole life has been here, the last 40 years, so a lot of things have happened. Um, but I think it's just, it's part of me now. So I guess changing me, I don't know if it's changed me much. I grew with it. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've grown okay. with the ranch, so, yeah. What do you think the legacy of the ranch is, and what do you hope it will be? Oh, I sure hope it stays where it is. I mean, I hope that ranch feeling stays there. And I, and I, um, I think with the new ownership, I think it's going to be that way. I have a real strong belief in that they're going to keep it the ranch. I mean, of course they want it to be nicer. Of course they want it to be better. And why wouldn't you? Why something like that? You want to make it better. And they should. I mean, it should be. And I think it's going to stay. It's going to stay the ranch. I think it is. And I'm, I'm hoping. Um, and I really believe that with um, the Cutlers and the Martins, I think it's going to stay that way. They really want to keep it that way. What about Dallas and Edie? What do you think their legacy of the ranch is? I mean, they really, really wanted this ranch to be a ranch. I mean, they really wanted it to be a very special place to come um, when they first built it, I think. I mean, I wasn't there, but I just knew they had a dream, and they wanted this to be special. And they made it that way. They really did. They worked hard. And, and, and Rusty kept it going like that, too, you know, and, and he still is here, which is great because it just makes it the ranch, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, he walks in the door and people go, oh, Rusty, you know, it's just that kind of thing that, that yeah, it's great. nice. How has technology affected your role? Sometimes harder. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm not real great at technology. I mean, yeah. You know, the computer systems join us now and all the other things that we're doing and, and the Facebook and everything else that we're all involved in and we all do. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm work at it. I try to. There's too many passcodes and too many passwords for me. <laughs> I just, I'm not good at that. I always go to that and go, what's my password? <laughs> <laughs> what password do I use for this? So but, walk me through, if you can, a typical day back in the 80s. 
I had what a, was the register I like? had a cash box. I had a cash box and I had tickets. And credit wrote, cards? No. No, there was no credit card system in the bar at all. We had, you know, if they wanted to charge something, the front desk would have to deal with that. So it was always cash. There was no, we didn't have credit cards. No, we had credit cards, obviously, but we didn't. Behind the bar, I had a cash box. And basically, it looked like a shoebox. That's where I kept my cash in, and that's where we um, worked on it. And we just sent tickets to the office and people what they drank. How has the cuisine changed? Has it changed much? Ted Stanley was a chef when I first started. He was from Bangor, Maine, and he was a character. He was a character. And he was more a mashed potatoes and meat guy. That's what you ate. And there wasn't 20 options on the menu. There might have been five, if I can remember right. You know, there'd be a fish and different things, but it was home cooking. It was ranch cooking. It was ranch food. Yeah. So that's changed. That's changed a lot. But I think the guest needs that. I don't think we're, we could be serving mashed meat and mashed potatoes. How, how has the guest expectations and their experience changed? Well, their expectations, I think, are higher because of what class we're in now. I think the ranch is up in the class. It's not a, it's a ranch, but it's still a destination resort. Maybe now is a good word for it because we're far enough away from the valley that we're, we can kind of, we have a buffer getting out of the city and be that city life, but still we're, people are looking for good food, good wine. You know, they're looking for that now. We have the good wine now. Yeah, we have great selection of wine. I just saw we got a nice um, uh, ranch label on the wines now. Oh, nice. It's really sharp. Yeah, it's just Rancho de los Caballeros Chardonnay, it said. And it's a Sun Sea brand on it. That's really cool. sharp. We just got that in today. Were there any world events that affected the ranch that you can recall? You know, it's interesting how that some of that stuff didn't affect the ranch because people got away from it by coming out here. They got away from all that stuff. They didn't have to listen to it. They didn't have to read about it. They didn't have to think about it. It wasn't on the phone all the time or it wasn't in their face. You know, cell phones play such an important role in our lives now. We can't live without them. All the information in the world is right there in your palm of your hand. Sometimes it's too much. you got to get away from it. So when you come out to the ranch, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anything that was really major. I know there's things that have happened, of course, but... So how does it feel to be a familiar face at the ranch? I mean, yeah, because you're here for the amount of time and people get to know you and, and they know your face and they know who you are and they come in and it's just, yeah, it's more of a role of being a, um, a social director in a way, you know, kind of a, you know, ask Joe, he'll figure it out for you or something like that. It's just kind of that kind of role is, yeah, or someone new coming in, you get a new member, you got to try to help them out, get them going, you know, get them. Uh, How long does it take for you to remember their names? I mean, do you ever, have you ever had an encounter where you just... Couldn't remember that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Especially when they come, hey, Joe, how are you? And I go, oh, good to have you back. And I'm, I look at someone and go, well, who is that? You Do you know? have any tricks on how to bring that recall? <laughs> yeah, I have lists. That really helps me. I'll pull up the list, especially for the members. But I got the members have pretty much got that down. We get a lot of new ones now coming in, though. So that's kind of great, too. The membership is growing, which is really awesome. Um, we've been stagnant there for a little bit, but I think it's kind of going back up again. So it's a good thing. Was there any guest or member that made an impression on you? Oh, I mean, I guess a person that really made an impression on me is Lanny. Lanny Martin really made an impression on me. How so? Um, just, just who he was and what he did for me as a person. I worked for him, took care of his house, two of both his houses for quite a few years, and uh, he just uh, guided me in certain ways that I really am thankful for. And if you knew him as a person, he's a great guy. Yeah, definitely. He did so much for so many people, and, and for Denver and for yeah. Northwestern. And, I mean, oh, he gave Northwestern $45 million to build a stadium. 
Yeah. When did you start taking care of the members' homes? 80s. Buford Giles, David's dad, did it. And then Dave and Buford got sick. And when he got sick, he said, Joe, why don't you start doing this? He said, keeps you busy during the summertime. And I went, yeah, okay. So that's when I started doing it. You get to know them and yeah. you get to know their kids. And... So a 40-year career, that's pretty amazing. Did you ever imagine that you would be in this line of work? I was a farm boy. What? You were a farm boy. I was raised on a farm, 180-acre farm. Did you see a future in farming? No. Okay, what did you see a future in? (laughs) I was young. Well, you you made it ranching in a way. You know what I did? Actually, when I took off from Minnesota, the first thing I did, um, I got in a magazine and album company, sales company, that traveled from state to state, knocking on doors, selling magazines and albums. And I would do that. I did that for just about a year and a half, and I went all over this whole country. And I tell you what, it opened my eyes to all kinds of things that I would never have done anywhere else. How old were you? 19, 18, 19. But they paid for your hotel, they paid for your food, you know. And we traveled from Miami, we were in Christmas in Miami, all the way to Arizona, to uh, Washington, back to Chicago, and we just traveled. So in all those travels, did you come across any towns that you thought, ooh, I might want to live here? I always liked, came back to Arizona. You did? Yeah, I always what did. What was it? I think it was just the, the warmth. warmth. <laughs> Dryness and the warmth. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what brought me back here. Yeah. You know, I was one of those free spirits. So I wasn't really, there wasn't a vision for my future. I didn't plan on going to school. I never really thought about going to school. When I got out of high school, I was like, I'm done with that. You know, and I just started doing different things, you know. And then when I came back, um, after doing the year and a half, yeah, a year and a half, I went back to Minnesota, and I was at back at the farm with mom and dad, and I was thinking, what am I going to do? I'm going to go bartend. So I took a bartending class, six week, no, it was six week, probably four week bartending class. Got my first job at Greenhaven Country Club in Anoka, Minnesota, and so, the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is you history. Saw that ad for the ranch. Yep. Yep, I was there. I was bartending there for a couple of years. I was 23, I think, when I cut here. 22? Yeah, about 23, I guess it was. Yep. Saw that ad and said, oh, this has got to be it. So that's that's what, amazing. That's what it was. It's been great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, really been, it's really been a special, special place. So but, when I say Rancho de los Caballeros, what comes to mind? Home. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. So there you have it. So many memories from a cast of characters who have at one time or another called this place home. Through all these stories, there was a common theme I noticed, and that is the importance of family connections, loyalty to the Gantt family, commitment to service, and a devotion to place. There's no question this ranch has touched the hearts of many. It leaves a legacy of hard work and dedication that began with the Gantt family and will continue to move forward on a new path set by the new owners, building on the foundation of that legacy. Thanks to everyone who took the time to tune in and listen. Words can express what it's like to see how far these stories have traveled all across the globe. And for those of you who also took the time to send me a note of gratitude for doing this project. I appreciate that. I want to give a special thank you to all of those who participated in this project. Not all of the interviews made it on the podcast. There just wasn't enough time. But that doesn't mean they were any less important. 
I was honored to have been entrusted with your stories, and thank you for allowing me to share them with the world. I'll be turning off the mic for a bit to explore what's next for the podcast. If you'd like to stay in the loop, head over to souvenirspodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. And if you have any ideas for our next series, please send me a note through the website. I'd love to hear your ideas. I hope you've enjoyed this series and are inspired to share your own stories of people, places, and the past. And remember that when we share our stories, they are like souvenirs from the heart. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time. Souvenirs Podcast is produced by Susie Miner. Background music written and performed by 2022 International Western Music Association Songwriter of the Year, Dan McCorrison.